Hello there, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast from Family Bible, a ministry of Christian Family Reformation. I'm your host, Christian Horseman, and it's my prayer that as you and your family study God's Word together, you'll find this broadcast to be a blessing to your souls and an inspiration to grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus. So without any further delay, let's get started. Today we're taking a closer look at the 14th chapter of the book of Mark. In the narrative of the woman who came to Jesus at Bethany with her precious alabaster box, let us here observe how ready our Savior is to reward those who desire in any way to show their love and gratitude to him. The poor woman was faulted by the onlookers for her extravagance in buying a very expensive box of ointment as an offering to our Lord. But from his lips she received the highest commendation, which was infinitely better than the opinions of her human observers. Not only was she praised in the presence of them all for having done a good work, but Jesus also testified his approbation of her kind deed by saying that in every place where his gospel should be preached throughout the world, her act of devotion to him should be made known. And thus it has come to pass, you're reading about her noble deed of love right now, 2,000 years later. In the first verse of this chapter, we are told that the chief priests and scribes sought to kill Jesus, and in verses 10 and 11, we see that they found a ready agent to assist them in their plans. Who would have dreamed that a traitor would even be found among the twelve apostles? Yet so it came to pass. Like Judas, a person may go on in all the external forms of religion, and maintain a character for godliness, and yet possess nothing of its reality. Let this sad truth lead us to pray for the grace and mercy of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, or else the great spiritual privileges which we enjoy will be entirely useless. When Jesus and his disciples sat down to eat the Passover supper together, he addressed them in a very solemn manner. He gave them bread as a sign of his body which was about to be crucified for them and us, and he also gave them the blood of the grape as a token of his own blood that was about to be shed. The spiritual meaning may easily be understood. Just as these food items are nourishing and refreshing to the physical body, so also Christ is the all-sufficient, life-giving nourishment of the soul. Whoever does not lovingly feed upon him by faith shall spiritually perish. What a solemn subject is here set before us to meditate upon. Those who turn their backs upon the elements which are offered in the Lord's Supper as tokens of pardon and means of grace to penitent sinners are evidently traveling on the wide road to destruction. As we draw near to partake of the Lord's Supper, it is fitting for us to have such a sense of Christ's presence that we feel grief and shame for our sins which crucified him. And it is also very proper for us to have a spirit of thankfulness and joy for that wonderful love which made him willing to suffer and die for us. As we dine at his table, we are kneeling in the presence of a friend who cannot deny us anything that we truly need for he endured the wrath of God on our behalf. And we cannot take the tokens of his dying love without a solemn vow to give up our whole selves, body, soul, and spirit, to his service. Under a sweet sense of pardon, we may go forth in the strength of the Lord to battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil, being assured that our Redeemer is fighting for us because we have been united with him by faith. The communion table is indeed a soul-refreshing service to those who thereby show their faith, love, and joy in the Lord's death till he come. Nothing can more forcibly teach us the dreadful nature of sin than the words which we read in verses 32 through 41 about our Savior's time in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was not the prospect of bodily sufferings which caused our blessed Savior to be exceedingly sorrowful. No, there was something far more dreadful in his cup of suffering than anything which could have been endured by human nature alone. But Christ was God as well as man, and therefore he was able to bear the punishment that was due to our sins. 
and if he had not taken upon himself that punishment, we must all have endured its overwhelming weight in our own bodies forever. The Jews had no idea of the real kind of kingdom which Christ came to establish, and so it was natural for them to suppose that his disciples would fight and not allow him to be taken away as a prisoner without at least attempting resistance. Hence Judas, who had agreed to betray him, was accompanied by a great multitude who carried swords and staves. Neither did any of the apostles at this time understand the true nature of their master's mission upon earth, and so a feeble resistance was offered by one of them, who drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But being aware of their own weakness, and seeing that their Lord made no effort to repulse his enemies, they all forsook him and fled. When Jesus was brought into the presence of the high priest, many liars came forward to bear false witness against him. But from his own lips we have a clear declaration that he is indeed the Christ, the Son of the Blessed. But while he was thus enduring the mock trial that endeavored to prove him guilty, fear took hold of Peter's mind, and he denied his master three times, just as Jesus had foretold that he would. Sin is indeed an evil and bitter thing, and yet such is our proneness to fall into it that it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit, which we must seek by constant prayer, that we can hope to resist it. And this concludes our study today in the 14th chapter of the book of Mark. Thank you so much, my friends, for tuning in to today's broadcast from Family Bible. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And I invite you to join me again here tomorrow, Lord willing, and continue experiencing the richness of His precious Word with your family. If you found this resource to be a blessing to you today, please share it with someone you know. And consider taking a moment to leave a comment and tell others what you found edifying. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube so you'll never miss a new broadcast. And feel free to visit my website, ChristianFamilyReformation.com, for inspiration and encouragement in your family's walk with the Lord. I'm your host, Christian Horseman, and I want to thank you again for tuning in today. May the Lord inspire you to live life today in light of eternity. Seize the day for Jesus Christ. Music